Hey, y'all. Welcome to Recharting Your Life with Hope. I'm your host, Hope Cook. I created this podcast to help women who have amazing careers on paper and yet something is missing. You're feeling out of alignment or directionless. Maybe you're no longer motivated or excited about how you spend your days. On top of all that, I'm guessing you feel guilty because you're not more grateful for your job. And maybe you even wonder how you can possibly keep going doing this for another 10, 15, or 20 years when you can barely make it through Wednesday. Let me tell you, I've been there. After 20 years with a rewarding career as a physician assistant, I could not figure out what was wrong with me. I felt pulled in a new direction, but didn't know what that was. A series of books and conversations led me to a life-changing decision to cut way back on my day job and become a life coach. My passion became helping other women figure out what it is they want to do and map out a path to get there. So listen weekly for tips and tools you can use to chart your own journey. What is life coaching and do you need it? Maybe you find yourself thinking that while you're listening to this podcast. Well, I can tell you life coaching changed my life and I had had years of therapy. I mean, years of therapy. Therapy um, helped with a lot of, you know, figuring out what my issues were. And then therapists a lot of times give advice. I don't give advice. What a life coach does is helps you figure out where you're stuck, where you're not happy, why you're not happy, and then we help you move forward, like map it out, come up with tools that'll help you. You're accessing your own inner wisdom. I know it makes my job so easy because we each have that own inner wisdom. If you're curious about life coaching, let's do a complimentary discovery call. It is so much fun and I think you'll be blown away. I mean, really, even 30 minutes, it's going gonna, it's gonna to rock your world. So let's try it. Come on over to CoachHopeCook.com and that's where you schedule your complimentary discovery call. When I worked in an urgent care in Montana like 20 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, um, I hated it. Ugh, I hated the adrenaline of never knowing who was going to walk through the door. Um, I hated the boss, the, the guy who owned the urgent care. He was going through a divorce and was scary, like scary angry. He would throw charts back when there were paper charts. He would pound his fist on the desk if something minor went wrong. Um, and those of us who worked there, there were uh, two other physician assistants. We would cry. We would go in the break room and hug each other and cry about whatever he'd said to us. <laughs> so <laughs> the old hope back then would have said, it's completely his fault. It's the job's fault that I feel the way I do. I feel sad. I feel um, frustrated. I feel overwhelmed. It's all his fault. Okay, maybe it was, but I've got a different way of looking at it now. So for my clients who are in lives that they feel like could be better. Not all of them are in terrible situations. A lot of them are like, you know, things are okay, but I just don't, I don't want it to keep going like this another 10 or 20 years or some of them even five years. I want my job to be better. I want my relationships to be better. Um, and they're starting to see that they have a say in how their lives go. 
So here's what I do first of all. A lot of people are not aware of their thoughts. So you may notice that you feel sick on Sunday nights. You get a headache on Monday morning when you have to go to work. Or you may notice that you, every time you're around your mother-in-law, you feel uh, tense. Your shoulders tense up. I love my mother-in-law. That's not the case with her. But I've heard that sometimes daughter-in-laws don't have the best relationship with their mother-in-laws. So you may notice these physical things in your body. You may even notice the actions that result from these physical things in your body, like you avoid going to see your in-laws, or you find that if you're ever going to have a a migraine and get sick and have to call out to work, it's a Monday. Or maybe you notice that you snap at your children, you know, on Monday morning, and it's like disaster almost every single Monday. So those are the behaviors. There are also the thoughts that drive the behaviors. So these are, let me back up. These are called. So one of my life coaching lessons with Martha Beck was about the four categories of human experience. Sounds boring, but it's really fascinating. So the four categories are your circumstances, your behaviors or actions, Um, the next one is your thoughts and your feelings. So let me explain. Circumstances, that's what's going on around you. So for the pandemic, everybody in the world, that was our circumstance. We all were going through a weird time with the pandemic. Um, your actions or behaviors. We all had different behaviors. Um, some of us stayed inside. We became reclusive. Um, other people became super creative and started exploring new things. Um, other people became maybe reckless. I don't know. Maybe they started going out to eat and taking advantage of the lack of crowds <laughs> different places. Um, how you were feeling. So that's what's going on in your body. That was the other thing. Some of us were filled with trepidation. Other people were having um, a reprieve from all their chronic stress, like their work stress. My migraines got a whole lot better. So what I felt in my body was light and um, I felt creative, excited, not excited about the pandemic, but excited about new opportunities or new, you know, that's when I started the podcast. Um that's your feelings. Uh, people will often get feelings and thoughts mixed up. Clients will say, I feel like he's being such a jerk. And I have to remind them that's it's not a feeling. That's your thought. What are you feeling in your body? You know, are you feeling uh, tight, anxious, confused, whatever? Um, then our thoughts. So during the pandemic, our thoughts. Your thoughts may have been, this is never going to end. Maybe your thoughts were, finally, we get a break from, you know, soccer practice, or this is an opportunity to um, redefine my work. So your thoughts are different than your feelings, but your thoughts are what drive your feelings. So when I have clients who say, I am miserable, I'm miserable in my job, but I don't know what to do. I try to get them to look objectively at what the circumstances are. Okay, so let's let's lay it out. What are the facts? What's going on at your job? 
um, what do you have control over and what don't you have control over? Because when I, so I'll sometimes ask the magic wand question. If you could wave a magic wand and fast forward six months, what would your work life look like? And the first thing clients start saying is, well, he would he would give me more money or he would stop uh, criticizing me talking about somebody at their workplace. But you don't have control over that. And so as we go through that exercise, they it kind of dawns on them, wait, oh, you mean I can't wave a magic wand and change what other people think and say and do and feel? I can only, this is only about me. And then it, it just sort of hits them that like, wait a minute, this is real life. It's not just a magic wand scenario. I really do only have control over what I think, which will control what I feel, which will control my actions or behaviors. So if you're in a situation where you're not loving your life, you're probably not in the miserable state. But you're, you're, you don't really want things to keep going on the same trajectory for the next 10 years. You know, maybe your marriage is not amazing, but you're also not thinking you're heading for divorce. Or maybe you're kind of a controlling mom and you wish you weren't, but you're also probably not going to change anything. But you wish you could. So it's one of those situations. You have a job that pays well. You don't hate your coworkers, but you're also like, yeah, I just, I don't know if I could wave a magic wand. I don't know if I'd still be there. All right. So these are the, this is who I'm talking to today. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to get out a sheet of paper if you're not driving and I want you to write down the facts. So the facts are your behaviors. So that's what you've been doing. So if somebody were watching you on a big movie screen, they would be able to take notes and say, she is crying in the parking lot. She is um, snapping at her children. So these are things that if you had it caught on video, you wouldn't be able to argue with it. Those are the facts. Then I want you to write down how you feel in your body with this current situation. So whatever it is you would like to change. So it could be that you are... You don't love the house you live in, and so your feelings would be you feel uh, smothered or constrained or you feel kind of depressed because the house is real gloomy. Um, What are your thoughts? So this is where it gets funny because we don't recognize a lot of times that what What's swimming around in our head is a thought, and I've said this a lot of times, but our thoughts are not usually true. So what are your thoughts about it? Your thoughts will probably be something like, this sucks. I wish this would happen. Um, A a lot of times our thoughts are about other people. So he should do this. She should do that. My kids shouldn't misbehave. My son shouldn't do this. So I want you to start noticing your thoughts. When I was in yoga teacher training, they had us set a reminder on our phone for three times a day. And when it would go off, we would have to ask ourselves, what are we feeling in our body? Because so many of us are non-feelers. We have no idea what, what's going on in our body. Um, and I, I describe it now when I teach yoga, which is not very often, but I describe it as close your eyes. And if you had a little flashlight inside your body and you were able to shine it all around, starting at your brow and your um, 
between your eyebrows and your jaw, you're able to shine that little flashlight all up and down your body. Where would you see tension or an unpleasant sensation and what would it be? So it's very important to notice that because as I said earlier, your feelings or sensations in your body, those are the things that drive your actions and your actions are what make up your entire life. So if you don't like how things are going, you've got to sort of move backwards. All right. So where was I? So you're, you set the timer, you write down your feelings, what you're feeling in your body and your thoughts. In that moment, when that timer went off, what were you thinking? And you try to catch your thoughts because they'll slip by unnoticed for years. For years, you will think of yourself. I did an episode on being a victim and how you have those thoughts, but you don't even recognize that it's there. And your thoughts are what drive your feelings. So this is why it's boring to talk about, but it's so important. So if you are, if you're thinking about life coaching, but you're like, I'm not ready to do it yet, just know that one of the first things I'm going to have you do is sort of write out or name out what you're, what's going on in your life and what do you wish were different? And if, and you can't like say, I wish he would do this or she would do this. You're only in charge of you. Um, I was reading in one of my Facebook groups, um, somebody posted anonymously that their husband is depressed and he started gambling and he has racked up quite a bit of debt. And she's like, what should I do? What can I do? And what I wanted to say was, well, you you can't change him. You can't force him to change. Um, the only thing she has control over is her reaction. And so she has control over her thoughts about this situation. So there is something, I've gone over this before, it's called thought work. And so there's a few ways to do it, but it's how, because once clients realize, okay, I believe you, it's my thoughts that are driving my feelings, my feelings are driving my actions, and my actions are leading me down a path I don't want to stay on. So how do I change my thoughts? And a lot of us want to just change them, like flip, flip a switch and change our thoughts. But it is so hard to do because these are, you've heard of neuroplasticity. That's like the highways in your brain where these thoughts travel. And they travel so often on these same highways that they make deep grooves. So you know how like at Disney World when you get on those little cars and they let the kids drive the cars, but they have deep grooves. So the cars can't actually go off the tracks. That's how our thoughts are. We, we are so, um, so used to those thoughts that we can't like hop over the rut and start driving in a new direction. It's just not going to happen without a lot of work. So one thing I tell clients is notice. First, just become the one who notices the thought because that takes away some of its power. You're not so entangled in the thought if you're the one who's noticing it. And I use a technique called ACT, A-C-T. I didn't make this up. Um, it's, a, it's used in therapy. And you say the thought out loud. So you say, I'm having the thought that, and then you name it. So I'm having the thought that um, my boss is a jerk. I'm having the thought that my boss is a jerk. I'm having the thought my boss is a jerk. You say it three times. 
And that sort of marinates you in this uh, thought. So sometimes clients will say, well, that felt crappy because that thought triggered the feelings in their body. Like they started feeling kind of, ugh. Okay, so you, you said it three times. Now you say it again, but you add, I notice I'm having the thought that, and you do that three times. I notice I'm having the thought my boss is a jerk. I notice I'm having the thought my boss is a jerk. I notice I'm having the thought my boss is a jerk. And usually by the third time, they say it's slower. So it tells me they're thinking about the words. And by saying it the way we did the second time, it makes you, um, it puts you in the seat of the observer. So you're not the one getting in the car accident. You're the one, the bystander who's watching the car accident. Maybe a bad example, but you know what I mean. You're you're the observer. So it puts a little space between you and the thought. So that's one way you can loosen the thought. You're not replacing it. You're just loosening it. Another thing to do is to ask yourself, like, what would the opposite thought be? And then you give your then you try to come up with examples of either where it has been true or where it could be true. So you would say, my boss is not a jerk. And you try to list three examples of where he hasn't been a jerk or three examples of where he might not be a jerk. You know, if we if we brought in triple the amount this month, my boss might not be a jerk. If my boss could finally find a girlfriend, maybe he wouldn't be a jerk. You know, so that's if you really can't find three examples of how he has not been a jerk in the past, you could use the the future. Um, the last way is to really try and replace it with work from Byron Katie. So I've mentioned her before. She has these worksheets on her website and it's um, how to how to replace a thought. So she goes through and asks you questions like, how do you feel when you believe that thought? And so this forces you to write down on paper, like when I am believing the thought, my boss is a jerk, how do I feel in my body? And then she goes through and asks other questions like, how do you treat your boss when you believe he's a jerk. Well, I don't do as good of a job or I sneak out of there early or I work at about a 80% when I could be working at 100%. And then at the end, she does something called the turnaround. And one of those is the opposite thought, but she has other ways of turning that thought around. So it's worth doing. I know this, if you've never done any thought work and this is all pretty brand new to you, where I want you to start is just start noticing your thoughts. And the last thing I want to say is um, our lizard brain is the part of us that is worried about survival. So it's called the lizard brain because it's sort of prehistoric. It's there just to keep us alive, to keep us from getting eaten by a lion. That part of our brain has been there since we were born. And when we were little kids, that part of our brain started forming these thoughts. So, you know, we talked about the neural grooves in your brain. Well, a lot of these thoughts formed by our lizard brain in childhood. So if you were always compared with your sister and she was the overachieving, like perfect little girl, and you were always compared to her, your lizard brain may have formed the thought, um, I'll, I'll never be good enough. 
And that thought will pop up over and over throughout your life in different forms. It may show up when you become a mom and you compare yourself to other moms and you think, I'll never be good enough. It may be when you um, start dating and you're you're just dead set on not finding somebody because you think, I'm not good enough. So our lizard brains form these thoughts when we're little kids, and there aren't a ton of them. You know, maybe there's like 15 thoughts that you think over and over. You think some variation of that. So start noticing those thoughts. And um, and I just, I, oh, I've told y'all this. I said I picture filing it away in, a, in like a manila filing folder in a filing cabinet. So like one of mine is Bad Mom, which since that movie Bad Moms came out, I've started thinking about that differently. <laughs> but anyway, I have one folder in my mental filing cabinet called Bad Mom. And so when I have that thought, like when my daughter screamed at me the other day, I hate you. You're the worst mother ever. I filed it away. I thought, okay, I'm having, you know, first I noticed my body, my body clenched up like tight, like a coil. And then I, while I was driving to work, because this happened when I let her out at the elementary school. When I was driving to work, I was like, okay, I'm having the thought that I suck as a mom. And so, but I didn't stop there. Instead, I filed it away. I just made a mental like, okay, I am filing that thought away in this folder that apparently I came up with years ago. And it's quite full of documents and proof that I'm a bad mother. But I also didn't stop there. I looked at the opposite thought and I said to myself, actually, I'm a pretty dang good mom. And I named three examples of how that's true. Like I got her to school on time, even though she's doing this car rider patrol job that requires us to get there 15 minutes early. So that's one example. Another example, I let her stop at the ice cream store every Friday and I pay for an ice cream if she's had good behavior that week. I think that makes me a good mom. Another thing that makes me a good mom, I make sure she does her homework. And if she screws up on the uh, math part, I go over it with her in a calm manner. That makes me a good mom. So you have to identify those thoughts, how they're making you feel in your body, and then try to replace those thoughts or at least notice it. If I had been in a really bad place, I probably wouldn't have been able to find examples and name the opposite thought. But because I was in a relatively good spot, driving to work with my coffee all alone in my minivan, cruising along, I was able to say the opposite thought. All right, so. That brings us to the conclusion. If you would like to actually do some thought work and to see how this can work to change your whole path that you're on, reach out. You can do a complimentary coaching call. You have nothing to lose, people. Just do it. I promise you'll get something out of it. All right. I'll see y'all next week. y'all for listening. It was so much fun talking to you today. All right. If you are ready to make some major changes in your life, if you're at the point where you are sick and tired of feeling stuck and directionless, and you really don't know what to do next or where to go, maybe it's time we had a little chat. So I have it set up on my website. You can schedule a free 30-minute discovery call, and we'll sit down and decide if we're a good fit. 
Maybe you'd prefer group coaching. Maybe you need one-on-one coaching. Or maybe you just want to talk and and say hello. So go on over to my website. It's coachhopecook.com. That's H-O-P-E-C-O-O-K.com. And schedule the free discovery call. And I can't wait to talk to you. So see you next week. And hopefully I'll talk to some of you before that.